Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Friday edition. We are talking all things injuries, getting you up to date on what has gone down with these injury reports, with the changes. You know, you might have learned a lot of information in the early parts of this week, and it can get flipped on its head immediately with just one wrong move. So that's what he, we are here to do. And by we, I mean myself and none other than PFF's own Andrew Erickson. Andrew, happy Friday. Yeah, man. Happy Friday. Injury report's not nearly as bad as I think. I mean, unless you're a Giants fan where you're, I don't know, Daniel Johnson's going to throw the ball to um, on Sunday, but a little less injuries, not as bad. But when you combine whatever injuries there are with the bipocalypse that is currently, you know, destroying the fantasy football world right now, uh, just hope that you played Dearness Johnson last night. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, nothing too insane here, but some stuff to go other, other nonetheless. Starting off at quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo will be back under center. He has been dealing with his calf injury, but hey, Kyle Shanahan didn't even need to make the decision because Trey Lance has been ruled out with the knee sprain in the first place. So obviously not ideal. Trey Lance's first game under center. We see the rushing usage we like, and his body immediately breaks down. He's no longer able to start. So it did seem like Garoppolo was trending towards being the starter, regardless of Lance's stat. But just keep in mind, for Sunday night, Jimmy G will be there. And Andrew, like, we've always known Trey Lance. If he can get that job, he'll be a QB1 because of his rushing upside. But for Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, dare I say Brandon Ayuk, Jimmy Garoppolo under center is best for the fantasy business. Yeah. You know, we're seeing this with the mobile quarterbacks kind of taking over a lot of starting jobs is they just don't necessarily throw the ball as much. And it's really, it's great for them. Like, that's why Jalen Hurts is such a great fantasy quarterback. But you know, his weapons suffer as a result. Like, he's usually one guy that he'll bring along for the ride when he has a decent fantasy game. Now, Lamar Jackson's kind of breaking the mold because they're throwing a lot more, and he's just yeah. a, he's just an MVP player. So he's kind of breaking that mold, and obviously Trey Lance is not nearly at that level yet. So just on Garoppolo, where do you have him ranked? on? Because he's like kind of like a, a streamable guy. I mean, the Colts don't have a great defense. They have the highest touchdown pass rate allowed this year. I know that in like a two-quarterback league, it's like, Okay, like, would you rather do Garoppolo or Wentz in the same game? I go Wentz. You go Wentz. Yeah, I got I got Jimmy G QB twenty. Like, same, same QB twenty. It's it's like sliding right into top twenty. It looks good. 
There we go. QB 20. Good enough. But yeah, I would just say, again, Debo Samuel, of course you're starting him. We still want to see more from Brandon Ayuk. Ross Dwelly is a fine, desperate tight end streamer. I think you can find someone better, though, people. Elijah Mitchell, though, this is the winner because in week five, he returned. He was playing through a painful shoulder injury. And like, to me, this is when it tells you that a backfield is truly being taken over by someone. It was like when Daryl Henderson came back, playing, played through a game time decision thing and still worked well ahead of Sony Michelle. It was like last week when Damon Harris did the same thing over Ramondre Stevenson and Brandon Bolden. So the fact that Elijah Mitchell came back in week five, 68% snaps, nine carries, two targets, while Trey Sermon had just a single carry on a 3% snap rate. Elijah Mitchell is the guy. I know a lot of you, including myself, spent a ton of fab on this dude all the way back in week one. Feels like forever ago. I think we're going to start to see that come and lead to us to some riches here moving forward. A lot of running back you know, things to clean up here. Antonio Gibson is listed as questionable with a shin injury. He did get back to a limited practice though, and he said himself that he's confident that he'll play. So he's been listed as questionable throughout really the last couple of weeks. And I would just say, people, I understand if, you know, Washington can't stay in this game. We got the re-aggravation uh, risk. There is a plenty feasible enough scenario that Antonio Gibson duds here, but you only have to go back to week five when he had 22 touches and two scores and a much tougher matchup against the New Orleans Saints. So Green Bay run defense, as we've seen over the years, not always the best at slowing down a team's primary rusher. That remains Antonio Gibson, albeit he might never have that pass down role we wish he could have out there. Saquon Barkley ruled out with an ankle. Latavius Murray also ruled out with an ankle. And yeah, man. So, Andrew, I know we're starting uh, Devontae Booker with confidence. Again, he's not Saquon Barkley. Few are. But he has Saquon Barkley's role, which puts him inside anyone's top 20 running backs for this week. With Latavius out, though, we got Tyson Williams. We got Le'Veon Bell. We got Devontae Freeman. I kind of think the answer is just no. Like, if you're desperate, go ahead. Pick your poison. But, man, what do we want to do here? Because I feel like the touch ceiling for any of these guys is like 10. I mean, the only reason any of them were good last week is because they were playing the Chargers. Like, the, the one defense that yeah. is just like, run all over <laughs> us, like, do whatever you can. And that's kind of why they all kind of hit. They all score touchdowns. It's like, oh, great. Like, maybe there's some value here. But, you know, even when I'm looking at my rankings, I'm probably just a little bit too aggressive. Like, I, I think Freeman would be the guy I would take a dart throw on. I mean, you just don't know what Tyson Williams... I mean, Tyson Williams, if he's like, gets going, like, he could rip off a ton of big runs in this game because we know that he has probably the most juice out of those three. But... You can't like chase after a guy that's been inactive for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So, like we don't know what I mean, you gotta chase. Like who's getting the touches? And this is what you leave the fantasy production. We saw it with Dearness Johnson. Like that's why it worked. The process was there. But with the Ravens, they could all split 50-50-50 or whatever. However you do the fraction. So I think it's it's a avoid situation. But if I'm if I'm gonna peg one guy, it would be Freeman, who has looked actually pretty good um in his limited snaps this year. Best start throw is Freeman, but why not go play some pool instead? I think that's the uh, moral <laughs> of the story here. A couple running backs that were limited throughout the week but are expected to play. Malcolm Brown with the ribs. He doesn't even have an injury designation. For a second, I was like, wow, could we actually get a condensed backfield chance for Miles Gaskin to get more work? No, we won't get that chance. So continue to not play Miami Dolphins running backs as much as you can help it. We also have Chase Edmonds limited again all week with the shoulder injury. He's played through the pain the last two weeks, but... 
just realize like they are not putting more on his plate than he needs. Last week did not have a single carry in the second half. That led to James Conner going awfully, you know, not bonkers, but just from a pure usage standpoint, particularly rush attempts, getting a lot of work. So this week with the Cardinals, you know, what, 17, 14 or 17 point favorites at this point over the Houston Texans, certainly shaping up as a week. We could see a lot of James Conner and Andrew and I talked about that on the Friday edition of this podcast where we went through all the best and worst DraftKings plays of the week. So check that out if you're interested in some DFS goodness. Also have DeAndre Swift limited with a groin injury. Again, listed as questionable, but he has and continues to be expected to play. Now, Damian Williams, not vaccinated. So his, his, his being on the COVID list is proven to be problematic. From what I understand, he has a chance to maybe get activated by Saturday, but it's not looking good. And now we got beat reporters just straight up saying that Khalil Herbert might be the number two once David Montgomery comes back in the first place. So, Andrew, the matchup is worst case. We're against the Buccaneers or teams just literally stop even trying to run the ball on them. With that said, if Damien's still out, I mean, Khalil Herbert could have a five to eight target, you know, uh, potential situation here going where do you have herbert ranked this week assuming damian williams is not going to play so right now i have him at rb 25 and i pro- i might move him up i'm trying to figure out who i would move him up but i know i had like the denver guys ahead of him like slightly and dearness johnson ahead. so i think i'll probably leave him as like a back end rb2 i think that he's still better than like a, any of the ravens running backs because if he's the only guy in show in town like he's gonna see 100 snaps here like he's gonna find a way to get you know, grind out eight or nine points. And that's probably fine if you're looking for an RB2 slot. Like, he's going to get volume. And I don't know how high his pass-catching ceiling is because we could see Fields just take off and run. But, yeah. I mean, the guy got all the touches last week. Like, they're not using those other dudes in that backfield. And even if Damian Williams does come back, you know, he hasn't been around – he hasn't practiced all week. Like, he's not part of the game plan. And, and honestly, they, their game plan may just be like, we're not <laughs> we're not going to try to run the football. Like, it's not going to work. We have to throw. And – what what better way to unleash a pass attack when you don't have any other running backs? Like it's it's really a perfect uh, scene for Justin Fields, Robinson, Darnell Mooney to get back in back in action. So uh, Herbert, if he's the only guy there, I think he's a volume based play. But besides that, I would try to find a better alternative. I had him as RB twenty five, thinking Damian Williams might return. I'm not going crazy moving him up. I think. Replacing Miles Sanders as my RB21 could make sense. Two guys who were not so sure what their rush attempt volume could be, even though they control the backfield. And yeah, so I agree. If it is going to be a start-sit question between Herbert and, you know, another back in our top 20, probably would lean towards the I'd other probably guy. play more wide receivers. Like if it was like a flex, it was like, do I take yeah. Herbert? Or like Herbert doesn't have a lot of upside in this matchup. Like he's very like floor. You just grind out 10 points. Like, okay, that that's great but a ceiling plays like with a lot of these wide receivers. This is truly like the biggest pass funnel defense you're going to find in the <laughs> NFL. Like it's, I understand like, you know, we talk about this matchups or tiebreakers, but the Buccaneers, as we've seen really throughout the early parts of this year, are a bit of an exception to that rule for running back specifically. So Alex Collins did not practice on Thursday. This is the Monday night game, so we'll get his final designation on Saturday. But just realize, people, Rashad Penny is supposed to be activated off the pup list, or excuse me, the IR this week. And between him, DJ Dallas, and Travis Homer,
Homer, I probably would give the nod to Penny as the best guy that you should be starting in the event that Alex Collins is ruled out. So for those of you that are relying on Collins for Monday night, just realize like even after last, um, whenever they, I think they played on last, yeah, last Sunday night against the Steelers, like Pete Carroll at that point, who we could not trust a word he has to say about injuries to begin with, but he was only saying like, Collins should have a shot to play. So this is a serious injury that he's dealing with. Wasn't able to start the week with even a limited practice. If you have Alex Collins reserved for a starting spot, you need to be trying to make some sort of insurance play before they take on the Saints on Monday night. And if you can't get Penny, I do think maybe another option for a flex could be Traquan Smith coming back. I don't know how many people have really been holding him for the whole year. Unfortunately, Andrew, your guy Deontay Harris looking pretty questionable with the hamstring. Uh, we could see Traquan get back out there and starting two wide receiver sets awfully quickly. We also got 49ers running back to Michael Hasty expected to come off IR. He is expected to be active for week seven. So yeah, he might be out there taking the pass catching duties. You know, maybe Kyle Juszczyk won't be playing as much true RB, but we saw this with Elijah Mitchell and Jamichael Hasty already. It is still Elijah Mitchell's backfield. I think if anything, Andrew, like this just tells us like, please, for the love of God, do not put Trey Sermon in that starting lineup. He might not even be active I think you Sunday. Gotta, I mean, are people still, I mean, I dropped Trey Sermon in a yes, lot of like, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. he's got to be you could drop if you're holding on to him just just drop him just wanted to make that clear i'm happy we don't need to spend more time on that also jets uh, running back tevin coleman is questionable i mean yeah it was trending away from him to begin with our biggest waiver wire suggestion on tuesday which Dwayne mcfarlane and myself do each and every week was trying to get michael carter if you can get him and if he happens to be available because we might get this rookie post by bump and just without that like like you have here uh, written down a trusty old show sheet andrew tevin coleman uh just is someone that really was already being uh just out of this committee in the first place. So Michael Carter, Corey Davis, we're feeling okay with them on the Jets. If you really want to be crazy in DFS, Ryan Griffin, Stone Cold, 2.5K, assuming Tyler Croft is ruled out. Other than that, we are good with the Jets. Finally, Brandon Bolden is listed as questionable with a thigh injury. He's been limited all week. If he's out, man, that would actually boost Ramondre Stevenson, I think, to a spot where I could actually somewhat feel okay about starting him. I know some people are desperate. I have seen the tweets about like... <laughs> Here are my options. I need to start this guy. It's like, okay, fair. Like, that sucks. But um, I basically just realized it's Damian Harris's backfield. But if we can get this to two backs, if it's Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, that's fine. Maybe J.J. Taylor gets involved too. It's always difficult to predict in New England. But if Bolden's out, that at least takes away the primary pass down back of the group. Moving right along to wide receiver, Tyreek Hill back to practice on Friday with the quad. They're listing, they're listing him as questionable. Luckily, our friend Adam Schefter has already told us that he's expected to play. Didn't have to wait until 3 a.m. on Sunday to do so. Andrew, one that caught me by, I guess, a little bit by surprise, Antonio Brown has been ruled out with the ankle injury. I know he's kind of been dealing with some knee stuff throughout this year as well. We got Scotty Miller still on IR. How high are we on Mr. Tyler Johnson, who does happen to be one of the more talented backup receivers in the NFL, in my humble opinion? Yeah, no, I could not agree more. I think that he's definitely in the top tier of those backups, you know, right next to Tim Patrick. I know Tim Patrick let us down last night, but it's okay. You know, go back, check the film, and we'll, we'll improve. But <laughs> what I will say about, you know, I actually talked about with uh, Tampa Bay Trey, Trevor Sycamore, I asked him about Scotty Miller because I, I couldn't really find any information about him being on IR. And he's like, yeah, no, he's still on the injured reserve. They're not going to activate him until probably after their bye week. So we saw Tyler Johnson get used a lot, but he was also playing alongside Scotty Miller when Antonio Brown missed the game earlier this year, and he still had 
three catches for 63 yards on six targets. We replaced AB, and he was really splitting time with Miller. And we've actually seen him crest like over 50% snap share was against the New England Patriots. Like he actually played a lot in that game. I remember I was at that game and I was watching and I was like, you know, why is Tyler Johnson playing so much? I thought that that was kind of interesting. So like we could see him see over a 70% snap share. We saw that when he played last year, it was actually the same match against the Bears. Chris Godwin was out. And again, it was another four catches, 61 yards on six targets. So I think Tyler Johnson is a, a solid play this week. Um, the PFF projections had him at like wide receiver 30 in half point PPR. Like he's, a, he's attached to like this super high powered offense. So I get that he's like the number three option. But if you like Rashad Bateman, like I feel like Tyler Johnson should probably kind of be in a similar conversation. And it's ironic because these guys were teammates at, at Minnesota. Yeah. Like the two, the two golden gophers going at it. So I think in DFS, Tyler Johnson, especially if Bateman all is getting all the attention, like play Tyler Johnson instead. He's 3K, he's dirt cheap. He plays with Tom Brady. Like I think it's also a massive boost for Godwin. And like I think we're finally gonna see the Godwin breakout game. They've been kind of waiting to happen. It seems like this is a perfect spot for him to match up against the Bears slot funnel defense. So it's a breakout spot for Godwin. I think Tyler Johnson. Uh, it's like a wide receiver three. I'm going to be trying to squeeze Godwin into each and every tournament lineup this week over on DraftKings. And yeah, man, like, okay, we're not saying that you can just completely put AB's ranking on Tyler Johnson. I do think Evans and Godwin are going to get more concentrated targets here. And it's not going to be a one for one at wide receiver. We don't see the same sort, you know, your Dearness Johnsons don't exist as much at wide receiver as they do at running back with all due respect to AAF Hall of Famer Dearness Johnson. But, you know, we've said this before, even before his injury, man, Tyler Johnson and Gabriel Davis are like the top two hand handcuff wide receivers, particularly with Scotty Miller out, because obviously that would be a little more split up otherwise. So with AB out, yeah, Tyler Johnson, that low end wide receiver three range truly isn't ridiculous. People don't be afraid to go to that well if you are desperate for another starting receiver. Like, like would you rather, so I'm actually in this predicament, I want to get your opinion. So would you rather play Tyler Johnson or AJ Green? Think Tyler Johnson. <laughs> well, that's right? all I needed. All right. Right. Cool. I'm playing Tyler. I mean, that's kind of, yeah. I have them pretty close. And it's like, I know like AJ Green's going to get six targets, but like, I'm like, okay, but then he's got to catch a touchdown, but then it could be Kirk. It could be Rondo Moore. It could be Zach Ertz. It could be, there's just the right, right on my wide receiver three borderline. I have Kirk 34, Mooney 35. I think I will probably put Johnson right behind Mooney. Then I got Jarvis, AJ Green, Tim Patrick, Tyler Boyd, and some other guys. So yeah, man, like right. I'll, t I'll, yeah. I'll take the number three option for Tom freaking Brady. Then the hopeful number three option in the game or the like cart. Number two, three, four, yeah. five option for Murray. Yeah. No, I, I like it. I'm going, yeah, I'm going Tyler Johnson. All right, folks, you heard him. I'm starting Tyler Johnson. So uh, I'm in it with you. And, and if not, and if he sucks, man, blame it on me. That's that's all you got to do. On the Titans, we got some good news. A.J. Brown is now on a bland diet and holding down food. Um, damn you, Chipotle. I have stopped going to Chipotle, mostly because there's a really good Mexican place across the street from me named El Toro. Shout out El Toro. But, man, especially now, they're trying to take away AJB wide receiver one season from us. How dare you, Chipotle? I guess I am planning on getting it tonight, so I'm not too mad at Chipotle. But either way, don't be doing that to our guy. Uh, AJ did say he'll be fine to play, not listen on the final injury report. He is good to go. Fire him up with confidence. And also, Julio Jones was able to return to practice on Thursday. 
Thursday. It kind of seemed like a situation where maybe we'd be looking at more of an extended absence, but when has Julio not been playing through one nick or bruise or something else, or at least limping off the field once before inevitably returning? So he says he feels great. He's excited about Sunday. He alluded to playing while talking to the reporters. He is listed as questionable. So continue to monitor Julio. But hey, you know, the way the bye weeks are, if you have Julio Jones on your team and he is active, I assume that he will be in your starting lineup as well. With the injury, reaggravation risk and everything, only having one ball in the offense, I get it. If you happen to be blessed and have, you know, multiple wide receiver twos to decide between, okay, maybe go ahead and sit Julio down. But yeah, this is not a situation where I'd be like, oh, you know, just be so concerned about reaggravation. You can't start him under any circumstances, particularly during Biogeddon. With the Washington football team, Terry McLaurin, no injury designation, people. The hamstring, they're managing it, but they, it did not make any difference in his usage last week. Over 90% snaps, had eight targets. If you want to be concerned about Taylor Heineke and just this offense in general, that's fine. But keep Terry McLaurin in those starting lineups. One of only four wide receivers in the game with at least 50 targets since week two. He is a massive target hog, and he's healthy enough to not have to worry about sitting at this point. I mean, my eyes didn't tell me that there was really any Anything wrong with them last week. And I think Ron Rivera on Saturday uh, came out even said like, yeah, they're managing the guy. It's not that he's out there playing through something that's truly um, taking him down a notch. We also got Diamond Brown, who's good with the knee injury. If you just are desperate for someone to put out there that will be starting, you can get Diami. Curtis Samuel is out with the groin. Apparently, no consideration for IR. Seems kind of weird since the guy can't stay healthy with it, but whatever, not playing this week. Also want to note that Calvin Ridley is good to go. He missed that lunch game for personal reasons. Russell Gage hasn't played since week two. He is good to go after recovering from that high ankle sprain. Maybe worth dumping down Cordero Patterson just a little bit in the ranks. He has played about 80 snaps as a running back this year, but he's in the 50s as a wide receiver. So, you know, and like we talked about in the DFS, DFS show, Andrew, like Patterson has been their best player. I don't see them taking that away for Russell freaking Gage. It is a matter of the, like, could his 12 to 15 touches maybe be, you know, 11 to 14. So just a small downgrade for CPAP, but you're still starting him in season-long leagues of all shapes and sizes. Let's get to the interesting one here, Andrew. And by interesting, I mean poor. Daniel Jones. Sterling Shepard is listed as questionable, but reportedly suffered a setback on that hamstring on Thursday, so he could be questionable, looking a little more doubtful at a minimum, not close to 100% like he seemingly was last week. Kenny Galladay ruled out with a knee. Kadarius Tony ruled out with an ankle. Darius Slayton was limited this week, but he's still questionable with the hamstring, and hell, why not? John Ross is also questionable with a hamstring. All the stars are aligning, Andrew, for your boy. Colin Johnson. Are, are we drinking the Kool-Aid? Not on Colin Johnson. No, 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 not Colin Johnson. So, the, so I was like trying to like figure out because you know, the Giants have had so many injuries at wide receiver all year. I was trying to figure out with like Darius Slayton, probably like if he's like the only guy. So I think Dante Pettis is still the guy that I would want to play. He got 11 targets in his first game. Like Daniel Jones was looking for him on the field. So like there's already chemistry built in and we've seen Dante Pettis pop off here and there. So he's not just like some scrub off the street and he's a second round pick like he flashed before in the nfl so i don't feel nearly super bad about dante pettis again i would still start like tyler johnson over dante pettis but you know the 11 targets is hard to ignore and if Darius slayton does start i think that he'll actually like overtake colin johnson's role in the offense so colin johnson had like a spiked role in terms of like routes run a couple weeks ago and then when other guys came back like he was like demoted down the depth chart so the fact that pettis was second in routes run per dropback last week only behind shepherd 
and he also doesn't play special teams. So like that's also why he's been inactive. It's because he doesn't contribute on special teams. So I think that he's probably the number two receiver, kind of regardless of how things shake out for the most part. And yeah, I'm gonna probably play some of him in DFS. I think especially if we get more news about just more injuries. So he'll probably be my highest ranked Giants receiver behind Sterling Shepard. Good job. You, you passed the test. I just wanted to make sure you weren't letting the preseason priors get <laughs> no. in the way. But, yeah, it does seem like it's slight. I, I do th- kind of think Slayton plays. He has been yeah. close here for the last week or two, and he was at least limited in practice all week. So if Slayton's coming back, yeah, it's probably back to the bench for our guy, Colin Johnson. Don't be afraid to shoot up uh, Dante Pettis in DFS. I like that call. Um, also, Good DFS news. Terrence Marshall has been ruled out with a concussion, despite Andrew not being on the Robbie Anderson breakout train. I am on it. Let's go, Robbie. 4.8K on DraftKings. And I have him ranked as a wide receiver three this week, people. The volume is there. I think that at some point it is going to pop up. I don't buy this narrative that Robbie, I know the PFF grade is bad this year. He hasn't been making the most out of his targets. We've seen Robbie be a very good NFL receiver for four or five, however many years he's been in the league. I'm not going to take this six-game sample as the new just truth for him. You really want to go with Alex Erickson, Andrew? <laughs> no, That's no, what I see in this note. That was my, a joke. He's my alter ego. Like He's going to get a true. chance to play in this game. Because uh, what's, what's his face is also hurt. Uh, Brandon Zellstreet, or however you pronounce <laughs> Zellstra, it. Zellstra. Yeah, he's on, he's on IR. So it's between, for the number three receiver spot in Carolina, Shai Smith or Alex Erickson is going to play more snaps uh, just as the another guy out there. But still, Robbie... Um, and DJ Moore, the main guy. And I, I, when I was re-watching that game, too, Darnold was looking for the tight ends a lot as well. So I think that, again, of, of course, there's two of them. So we right. don't really – there was originally three of them with Dan Arnold. So it was like – so you really can't peg one. But it's something to monitor. You know, Marshall misses more time. They run more 12 personnel, especially because they want to run the football, too. So I really think Hubbard is actually, like, in a really good spot um, this week against uh, the Giants' run defense. As much as, you know, I want to galaxy brain Robbie to success, the answer probably is just all the Chuba, all the DJ Moore, because those are the clear-cut top two opportunity, target hogs, whatever. They're going to be the top two guys for Carolina. Sammy Watkins is, is he officially, yeah, he's, right, yeah, he's, he's officially out. been ruled out with the hamstring injury. All wheels up with Rashad Bateman at 3.4K, I think he is, on DraftKings. He should be a staple in DraftKings lineups. We might have some new options to mess around with in tournaments, but I think if you, especially if you want to go at Lamar Jackson and Cash, don't be afraid to just take that easy stack with Bateman. Played an every-down role last week. I have been seeing like a lot of aggressive start-sit questions with Bateman. Like, Andrew, where do you have him ranked? Because I have him wide receiver 42. He's with there with Rondale, Amonra St. Brown, um, you know, ahead of some other guys but i don't know like tyler johnson or rashad bateman yeah that, that was when i was really uh i was leaning on kevin cole to update the pff projection so i could <laughs> take, take take a, sne- a sneaky look at it uh because they still had watkins in there so I, I mean i basically had them like ranked back to back and i do want to okay. check out the projections kind of see what they have but i had bateman at 41 and i recently moved tyler johnson up to 37 but I, I really could go either way you know someone actually asked me that question on twitter like hey what do you think between how would you rank uh Bateman, Tyler Johnson, or Brandon Ayuk, and I was like, "Good oh. question." I was like, "Man, that that is that is good. That is very good." I, I just need to. I I honestly, I haven't seen Ayuk get like six targets in a game yet, so I'm not I'm not starting Brandon Ayuk. So it was really between Tyler Johnson and uh, Rashad Bateman. I said, "Told him Rashad Bateman," and I think that's probably where I would slightly lean towards, but it's it's really close. Very close, certainly in the same tier. Like these are the situations people were like, "We'll give you." 
what we think the answer is, but if you want to go against it, like it truly is pretty much a toss-up there. Devontae Parker, limited all week, shoulder hamstring injury. Same with Preston Williams with the groin. I believe they both drew that questionable tag. We'll see. I mean, Parker made the trip to London last week, and then he still ended up being inactive. So if both these guys are back, I don't think it impacts Jalen Waddle much. He's getting so much work out of his slot. It would probably turn me off Mike Tosicki just a bit. Again, I can't go a podcast these days without bringing it up. But Mike Tosicki, 16 snaps as a true inline tight end this year, 234 in the slot or out wide. He's been balling. He's a great receiver. He is not a tight end, though. So when the wide receivers come back, we need to be worried about his potential for fewer targets. Nico Collins is officially questionable. Andrew, uh, you talked about Jared's great point that Nico could be a nice tournament pivot off Rashad Bateman. Unfortunately, he was a midweek addition on Thursday with a foot injury, which wasn't even what he originally missed time with, if I'm not mistaken. So I would probably get off that Nico Collins train. Yeah, I probably just play. I mean, you can just play Tyler Johnson. Like it's or, it's or Pettis. Of, like we yeah. got. Yeah, take it's the healthier. It's option. the same kind of uh, mindset. And I mean, you have one guy that's. I mean, if you can get a, a receiver that's catching passes from Tom Brady, it's, it's like usually yeah. those things pay off pretty well. So yeah, there's a lot of other pivots, and especially because Tyler Johnson plays in the late window. So you're gonna know, like, okay, if Rashad Bateman goes off, or if you fade him and he just busts, like you're gonna know right then and there. Okay, I made the right decision. I'm going to win, you know, some of these GPPs or something like that. I'm going to have a different lineup. Um, whereas with uh, Pettis, I think he plays in the early window. So just something to kind of monitor with late swaps. Just don't want to mess around with those midweek downgrades, people. Same thing with Sterling Shepard. Like, when, if, it's one thing if the guy is, like, having the pain managed. It's another thing if it actually flares up on freaking Thursday. And now we got to actually worry about something new. Um, Allen Robinson listed as questionable at the ankle. He is expecting to play. Darnell Mooney actually didn't get a questionable tag this week. So, you know, fingers crossed this Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers, or, or excuse me, the Bears finally have to throw the ball a little bit more against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Obviously not a given. Not a given Fields can even get the ball there uh, based on how just how bad he's been under pressure this year. But with Robinson and Mooney, I do think they warrant wide receiver three usage in this hellhole of a week. T.Y. Hilton, Andrew, shout out to you for bringing up on your waiver article on Monday, which everyone can find over at pff.com. That Hilton was banged up and not someone that we should be going for. The amount of articles I saw actually touting this dude throughout the week was mind-boggling to me. So he is unlikely to suit up this week at all. So we can get back to Michael Pittman as a legit like borderline wide receiver too. The issue for Pittman has always been volume because they spread the ball out so much in this offense. Look what happened last week. T.Y. Houghton and Paris Campbell were the ones making big plays. Now they're both sidelined again. So feeling great about Michael Pittman. Sorry, Andrew, your guy, Deontay Harris, not practicing on Thursday with a hamstring. No one's playing him regardless. So I just kind of wanted to throw that one in there for you. Um, And Paris Campbell, who I just mentioned, did undergo surgery on his injured foot, likely potentially ending his season. With, With Harris out, does that make Marquez Callaway someone you could potentially pick up as a red? Because he's playing Seattle, so it's a, it's a good matchup. He should be the. I mean, Deontay Harris has like been getting targets, and it's actually interesting. Like ever since he left that game, and basically on like the second play after he caught the touchdown, the guys that got the targets were Marcus Callaway and Kamara because they were yeah. feeding Deontay Harris behind the line of scrimmage. So I think that. It's really good for Kamara's receiving numbers. I mean, we saw his numbers boost up last week, and Deontay Harris didn't play. I don't, I don't think yeah. that's a coincidence that that happened. So, I mean, he's playing Seattle. Like, do you have Kamara at three or two this week? Like, it's like Henry Henderson and Kamara, like the big three this week. And I've gone back I, and forth. I've got him two. Yeah. I got him two. I mean, you're 
kind of starting them either way. At Callaway, it's a decent point. I have him wide receiver 33 right now, and I think that's probably about right. I might even move him down just a tad. It's it's just tough, man, with Traquan coming back, and we've already had the battle with these volume concerns. So with Deontay being out, yeah, it helps, but I still think Callaway, I'm just not quite ready to slide him into that top 30 until we see Jameis like consistently hitting these 30 pass attempts week in and week out. Um, quickly on tight end, nothing too huge to really discuss here. Travis Kelsey was limited all week with a neck injury. He is off the injury report and good to go for Sunday. Rob Gronkowski has been ruled out with a rib injury. Andrew, I think I saw that OJ Howard is questionable. I didn't see that pop up. Let but... me... Okay. Uh, let me find this Buccaneers injury report. Yeah, because if he is out, people, then we can get behind Cameron Brait as definitely a viable DFS guy. And uh, more than anything, uh, just... Yeah, can get Tom Brady's starting tight end. Okay, AJ Howard, OJ Howard did return to practice in a limited capacity um, on Thursday, it looks like. So if he was back in practicing for at least the last two days, we're feeling pretty good about it. It's I hate how hard it is to find these injury reports sometimes. OJ, here we go. OJ yeah, Howard full, full is pra- questionable, but he was full on full Friday. Practice. So yeah, we which, are expecting him to play. Which okay. is super counterintuitive to like, oh yeah, he was full practice, but he's questionable. It's like, that does not help us at all. Like, come on. OJ Howard expected to play, should be the guy ahead of Cameron Bray. Not someone that I'm, you know, absolutely thrilled about us suiting up this week and, you know, really putting in your starting lineup. But hey, he is a guy that should be out there. Ricky Seals-Jones, not listed on the final injury report. He will play through the quad injury, not expecting much of a setback. Jimmy Graham still has a no-trade clause, also now on the COVID list, so he is out for Sunday. We were already in on Cole Komet at 3K. Jimmy Graham has one catch this entire year, or it's one target. Like He, he was not a factor anyway. Now he's out of the picture. Evan Ingram, questionable with the calf injury. Hey, I can see the targets going there because who else are they going to go to at this point? Just realize we still have Kyle Rudolph being annoying and taking away some of Ingram's snaps in the first place. So Ingram, I think by default, is kind of on that tight end one borderline this week. But if he is coming at less than 100%, we aren't feeling too good about that. TJ Hawkinson expected to play uh, through the knee injury once again. And with Tyler Croft officially out with a back injury, New York Jets tight end Ryan Griffin is a disgusting, but I guess somewhat appropriate min price pump play on DraftKings. Any general thoughts on this tight end group, Andrew? Well, I think just the Jimmy Graham thing, yeah, he hasn't really been playing that much, but he is a guy that does catch touchdowns. So, like, it just, I actually moved Cole Komet, like, up one spot because now I know, like, that's not going to happen. Like, if a tight end catches a touchdown for the Bears, please. Be Cole Clement and not Jesse James. Like, I know. like The Fields, sheriff, <laughs> oh no. Fields, like, had a connection with Jesse James, like, during the preseason. Like, all right, come on. Cole Clement, like, catch touchdown because I. Where's Jesper, man? Where's three touchdowns? Uh, Jesper, yeah. Jesper, Jesper as well. Yeah. And he got the touchdown last week, I think. So Jesper Horstead, bro. He had a three touchdown <laughs> preseason game. He's from print. Like Jesper Horstead's the guy where like we're gonna have a terrible Bears Lions Thanksgiving game and like Komet's gonna get hurt and we're gonna get like a feature on Jesper freaking Horstead. But not this week. We'll just play Cole Komet <laughs> and be happy there. Quickly, some other notes just to alert you all. Washington will be without two starting offensive linemen once again in all-world guard Brandon Scherf with a knee injury, as well as the right tackle Sam Cosme with an ankle issue. 
issue. Buccaneers defense will be down Levante, David, and Richard Sherman. Again, please, Fields, come on, man. Just help these best ball teams out for one week and all you streamers out there as well. Eagles will be getting back this starting tackle, Lane Johnson. He missed the last three weeks with mental health um, issues, and he is back, good to go. So hopefully, man, this passing game can get going. Cool stat I found this week, Jalen Hurts. 40% of his starts, he has thrown for at least 300 yards. That is one of the single highest marks in the league. I know it's not pretty, but he does put up passing production, people. Don't let one national Thursday night game just completely sway your narrative. I saw this last night, man. Like, look, I have nothing good. I realize Odo Beckham needs to catch the ball. He can't fall down his routes and all this. But it's just funny to me where everyone's, it's Thursday night, and like, this guy cannot play football ever again. He needs to retire. He's still getting for, open. Like, he's getting he did, open at will. He just it's, had 78 yards last week we yeah. saw the vikings game where he should have had three touchdowns like it i get it it's thursday night overreactions there should honestly be like maybe just all of our in-game tweets like get erased or they just have like a little <laughs> asterisk next to it so i hey it, it wasn't good you know we'll, in the moment in the moment tweets <laughs> exactly that, that's all i'm trying to say here so just in regards to jalen hurts in this passing game uh just realize even more so than just hurts rushing ability we have seen him put up some pretty big passing num numbers albeit not always in the most fancy way but style points don't count in fantasy football anyway so who cares you want to say something, Andrew? Uh, no, I'm good. Great. Uh, Lions tackle Taylor Decker had a setback with his finger, and he will not play on Sunday, not helping the Jared Goff revenge game cause. Titans also won't have their left tackle, Taylor Luan, who is out with a concussion. Hopefully he is better. That was a scary situation over on Monday night. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur said the only two players who are out tackle Dennis Kelly and center Josh Myers. Not ideal, obviously, particularly against that Washington offensive line. I will say these Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams with the bring back to Terry McLaurin stacks looking awfully appealing to me over in DFS. I, I, I think I think too, like like if you look at the football team and what they've done, yeah, their defense sucks, like no doubt. It's terrible. But from a DFS standpoint, they've scored five fantasy points, six fantasy points, and eight fantasy points the last they just they scored eight fantasy points against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Okay. And People won't play them because they're playing. I mean, who are you more afraid of, the Chiefs offense or the Packers offense? Like, <laughs> they're down offensive line. Like, play Washington football team defense. Like, you can play them in DFS. They're cheaper than, I know that we like the Jets uh, as, like, an option as a, a punt DF uh, play. But, I mean, they're scoring points. Again, it's, like, kind of like the Jalen Hurts thing of defense. It's, like, it's not pretty. Like, don't watch. But they're going to find a way to get there. Still have a good pressure rate. And I think they'll get pressure. under. We've seen Rodgers under under pressure like crumble like that saints game like it was not yeah. good so i could not, i don't necessarily think that's going to happen to like that extent but i think that washington can be a value play um as a dst that's actually a great point andrew are they the second cheapest defense they're 20 i think they're 2100 2200 like they're really really cheap I'll, I'll take that over the giants and stuff with yeah. these injury concerns and they yeah have, if you, they have talent like they, they can pressure i mean the giants don't have any pressure whereas football team can generate pressure I they're second or fourth in pressure rate this year. I know the Browns were first going into Thursday night. And if you look at some of their underlying metrics, like they've got the worst pass touchdown rate allowed, which is one of those things that we kind of expect to come back to earth a little bit. The old regression phrase, if you will, uh, just as more time goes on. And they're like one of the top teams at actually contesting targets. So yeah, they've gotten unlucky. They're, you know, there's only so many ways you can say the league's 32nd ranked scoring defense isn't that bad. They're bad, but I don't think they're like the single worst defense in the league. And to your point, this could be a situation where their biggest strength actually is magnified in a good way because their opponent is banged up. 
For the Bears, Akeem Hicks, groin, Khalil Mack, foot. Officially questionable. We'll see if they're in. I have a feeling both guys will play, but Lenny Fournette, Lenny the legend, as Andrew has written down, Lenny Lombardi, <laughs> whatever you want to call him, he has earned weekly RB1 status regardless. But hey, if we lose Hicks from the equation and Khalil Mack or just one of them, that's when I'd really be down to get Fournette really, really high on the old DFS exposure chart. Dolphins could be down all three starting cornerbacks. Xavier Howard, Byron Jones missed last week. And now we got Noah. Man, I'm not going to mess up your There you go. There close. you go. <laughs> Proper pronunciation from our man, Andrew. He was added to the injury report today. So they could be down all three. The Calvin Ridley finally blow up explosion bounce back spot whatever you want to call it could be here keep an eye on that weather in Miami it was calling for some precipitation earlier in the week hopefully those winds don't get up there as well but certainly from a just a man-on-man standpoint things are looking good for Atlanta uh, Quentin Nelson is good to go for the Colts great that guy is a freaking beast and I assume their offense will be much better off with him shout out Jonathan Taylor and Mr. Wentz uh, for Sam Fran their left tackle Trent Williams is doubtful with an ankle injury they also lost Javon Kinlaw to their Defensive tackle with to a knee injury, and also Maurice Hurst is out with a calf. So, yeah, not great. Hopefully, uh, Marlon Mack doesn't have to steal too many carries away <laughs> from Jonathan Taylor, and we can continue to get more goodness going over there in the Indy run game. Finally, Patriots slot cornerback Jonathan Jones is out against the Jets with that shoulder injury, and the Patriots are going to be trying out veteran DJ Hayden due to these issues. This might be a sneaky spot, I think, for Corey Davis, uh, Andrew, because we've seen the highs like these. Pulled off two top 10 finishes this year among all wide receivers. And this Patriots defense, they don't have Gilmore anymore to go track to the opponent's best receiver. They just gave up the most passing yards ever under Bill Belichick, the Cowboys. And the week before that, Davis Mills went for 300 plus and three touchdowns. Like, I get it. I don't expect Zach Wilson to go out there and, you know, blow doors open or anything. But we've seen him enable Davis at least twice this year. Maybe this, is, this week will be a third. Yeah, and I think that it's interesting to look at the way that game played out week two. Like, you look at the box score, it's, like, not great for Corey Davis. And I think that's because the Patriots viewed him as, like, the primary target. Okay, we need to take away Corey Davis and then make Zach Wilson be this with other guys. Jameson Crowder didn't play in that game. So, and if you look past, like, every time Jameson Crowder's played the Patriots, they try to take him away. Like, he has done absolutely nothing in all his games against Belichick. Like, because he knows that that slot receiver is very important. So he t I think he's going to try to take away Jameson Crowder, took the under on Jameson Crowder's receiving props and receiving yards, and I would be willing to buy more into Corey Davis winning on the outside. I mean, the Patriots' corners are just so up and down. Like, you know, J.C. Jackson goes from looking like an all-pro one week to just being an absolute scrub the next week. Like, just very inconsistent up and down. Same thing with Jalen Mills. Um, you know, C.D. Lamb was running wild against him, against the Cowboys. So, uh, yeah, I think Corey Davis, you're going to start Corey Davis this week. With all the guys on bye week, I know I've got a couple questions about him. I know he's disappointing against Atlanta, but you should start Corey Davis this week. He's still target share leader, air yard share leader. Um, yeah, so, yeah, start Corey Davis. Really, right now, like week five was one of the first times all year we've seen the Jets have their full complement of healthy receivers. And just looking at the snaps, Corey Davis was full-time, 80%. That's what we want to see. After that, Crowder is a 61%. Keelan Cole, 55%. Elijah Moore, 41%. Of course, we got to get Denzel Mims and Braxton Berrios over 10% of the snaps as well. So it really is like Corey Davis and everyone else. That was also, I believe, Elijah Moore's first game back from injury. So I would expect it to be Corey and Elijah at the top more weeks than not. But for the time being, it's Corey and then literally everyone else. So don't be afraid to fire him up with a little bit more confidence than usual this week. 
Before we get out of here, everyone, I just want to let you know that you can get all of PFF's Locked Article content, weekly player rankings to help you set your lineup, strength of schedule, our college football and NFL betting dashboards, Greg Power projections and cover probabilities, and more with the purchase of one PFF subscription. You can get 25% off that subscription with code FANTASY. Again, all of our rankings, all of our Locked Article content, everything that will make you a smarter fantasy and real-life football fan, 25% off any PFF sub. All you got to do is use code FANTASY. And also, NFL fans hungry for a big win this week. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. You should probably bet on the Arizona Cardinals or the Los Angeles Rams because they are massive favorites. So just truly, you know, crunching the numbers. Great job by me there. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $5 on the Cardinals or the Rams or someone else if you're feeling crazy and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win a promo code PFF. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers. Only minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer Supplies to DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finally, whether it's football success or financial savvy, the right questions help set the stage for winning strategies. Western and Southern is teaming up with PFFs. Very own Chris Collinsworth to share insights that you that can help you help put you ahead on both your fantasy and financial scoreboards. Want to hear about Chris's old playing days or behind the scenes with Allen Sunday Night Football? How about a need to know for your financial future? Now you can ask about either or both and every football or financial question you ask earns you a chance to win a catered party for February's big game. Check out the Chris Collinsworth podcast and Western Southern's Instagram for answers to the best questions. Each week, submit your questions at westernsouthern.com slash askchris. One more time, that is westernsouthern.com slash askchris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Andrew, great stuff as always, my friend. Let the people know what you have up at pff.com to help make them smarter people. Yep, got the uh, GFS cheat sheet up there. Got the start sit. Shout out to me. Told people to start Darren Johnson. I'm, I'm really Ooh. smart. Uh, so, of course, <laughs> chase volume, guys. Volume is king at running back position. So, yeah, go check those articles out. Um, and make sure you check in Sunday morning. I release a injury report article with our injury expert, Mario Pallotta. I update it with everything that we get Sunday morning. So, make sure you check it out. Um, any news and nuggets from the things we've talked about today will be included in there and any updates that we get, you know, the Schefter bombs at 3 a.m. about injuries, those will all be included. So your final kind of last minute notes before the final test locks at 1 p.m. I believe we did a good job getting through everything here. Only update, which we already talked about, Rashad Penny has now officially been designated to return from IR. So expecting him to be out there. And yeah, I think we are good. Let me scroll through this last list one last time. Yeah, make sure you guys are paying attention to Schefter and Rap Sheet Sunday, uh, Sunday morning. I will be on my Twitter account at iHeartits. I always try to shave at least 20, 30 minutes off Sunday morning to answer as many start sick questions as possible. Um, yeah, we are good to go, Andrew. So for Andrew, I'm Ian. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Until next time, take care, everybody. Peace.